When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On this episode of the OFNT podcast, I struggle through an almost newsless cycle and try to find worthwhile content. I have all my usual stuff. So on with the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart, New Tech. I'm your host and resident old fart, Jim Schaefer. And the new tech, at least for me, is this podcast. I hope you are all doing well and having a great week. I also hope this finds you virus-free and with stimulus money in your bank account. I also hope uh, you don't have cabin fever. I'm starting to get it. Well, let's start off with some politics. Trader Snowden is still trying to extend his 15 minutes of fame by telling us that the intel community should have known about the coronavirus and have warned us. Well, Slappy, maybe because you're located in Russia, you're just out of the loop. Chinese counterintelligence decimated our networks there some years ago. This has effectively blinded us to what's going on in the country. Thanks to you and other traders like you, we are very limited in what we know. Now, just go away, please. Let's move along to some tech news. Google may be working on its own processors for Pixels and Chromebooks, reads the headline from CNET.com. Google may soon add itself to the list of companies developing its own processors for its devices. According to a new report, the search giant is working on chips that could go into future versions of Pixel phones and Chromebooks. According to Axios, Google has made significant progress and could have its own processor powering a Pixel phone as soon as next year, with Chromebooks running on the chip potentially coming later on. Codename Whitechapel, the outlet reports that the chip was created in partnership with Samsung and uses a 5 nanometer process. Samsung already produces its own chips, called Exynos, that are in some international versions of its Galaxy phones. U.S. Samsung phones often use Qualcomm processors. 
has also helped Apple produce its A-series processors found in the iPhone. This is good for Google and very logical. The chip can be tailored to their hardware like Apple's chips are. We should see improvements in speed and battery life. As far as the dreaded Android lag that seems to appear after a while, this might help, but I believe it is caused mostly by software. Anytime you have a layer of software running on top of something, like another layer of software, as time goes by, lag will appear. So we'll see what happens with this. From 9to5Mac, Apple officially unveils the rumored iPhone 9 with iPhone SE name from $399, three colors, and up to 256 gigabytes of storage. Well, the wait is finally over for Apple's new state-of-the-art entry-level iPhone. The long-rumored model, often referred to as the iPhone 9 or iPhone SE 2, is officially called the iPhone SE, as 9to5Mac previously reported. Note, this publication also reported that this phone was to be released last week, so there's that. The new model retails from $399 and comes in three color and storage options. The article goes on to describe the various specifications of the phone and availability. This phone is basically an iPhone 8 updated with the latest internals. I see a lot of comments on the various intertubes saying that this will flop because it's too boring and stuff. But what they fail to realize is that this model is not intended for them. What this model is aimed at is the entry level and provides the cheapest phone entry into the Apple and iOS ecosystem. ecosystem. It's a solid phone with a decent size 4.7 inch screen. Think of it as baby's first iPhone or grandma's first iPhone. The people who use this phone are not going to be power users. Though it's certainly capable of heavy tasks, most users will be messaging, texting, using social media, and web searching with, uh, with this phone. At this price, Apple is putting pressure on Google and its upcoming Pixel 4a and Samsung's lower-end models. Good move. And my prediction is it will sell like hotcakes. Next, Samsung's Galaxy S10 Lite will be available tomorrow in the U.S., which was Friday the 17th. This uh, article is from Engadget. When Engadget got some hands-on time with Samsung's Galaxy S10 Lite, it seemed pretty clear that the company wanted to bring its flagship experience to user users at a lower price without sacrificing too much on quality. That's a formula a lot of Android users can get behind. But the phone hasn't been available in the U.S. even though it came out in January in other parts of the world. Samsung says that the $650 phone will only come in prism black and that it will only be available through Samsung, Best Buy, and Amazon. Now, I've had Samsung phones in the past, and I always had problems with them, but my wife and children have enjoyed them when they have had them. If you are in the Samsung ecosystem, yes, they kind of have one, then I think that it's a good deal. If you were just solely in the Android ecosystem, from phones from companies such as OnePlus, in my opinion, are a much better deal. 
as you can tell, uh, this is the end of the uh, tech news. It was a very, very light week, I guess, because of all the stuff going on. Now, tech I'm using. It's been six months since I received and have been wearing the Motive Ring. I discussed this product and did a mini review some episodes back. The Motive Ring is a heart rate monitor, activity tracker, and sleep tracker packed into a wedding band type enclosure. It comes in three colors, black, silver, and rose gold, but the black and silver ones are usually sold out. That's why I have the rose gold color, which actually looks bronze. Motive's main competitor is the Aura Ring that has more functionality but costs $299 versus the $199 that Motive charges. Motive was having a sale when it was purchased for me, so if you are not in any hurry, wait until another one comes around, another sale that is, before purchasing it. I guess uh, Aura was feeling the heat from Motive because, as I recall, it was more expensive previously. I've experienced some scratching of the finish of the ring, but that's to be expected. I've used it while using kettlebells and lifting weights. I've had no other hardware problems with this product, though the companion iOS app hangs up once in a great while. Closing and then reopening the app fixes this. I would recommend it to anyone who needs to augment a wearable that doesn't track sleep, like the Apple Watch. Now... It's time for some entertainment news. One World Together at Home Concert. How to Watch and Stream. This was from Yahoo Entertainment. Now, I'm not going to go into the article because the event has already come and gone. I'm just going to give my little opinion on it. This lockdown has been exceedingly hard on those people we know as celebrities. It seems a week doesn't go by without some special being put together to appease us peasants while we endure the pandemic and its effects. I feel these performances are for the celebrities themselves. They just can't survive without the adoration of fans. What these things have shown us, though, is that a lot of these performers are really not that great. With no audience and studio polish, they seem to lose a lot of their luster. And that's just my opinion on that. You know, and, and the production values are, are bad. YouTubers and podcasters seem to have creating content from home all figured out. I did not watch this, and from the early reviews I have read this morning, I didn't miss much. Instead of uplifting spirits, the event came off as low-key. What I didn't know about this so-called special event was that the proceeds went to the World Health Organization. Yes, that organization that covered for China while this virus spread around the world. The head of the World Health Organization, a doctor, and I use that title loosely, let me try his last name, Gabrasis, the Marxist installed by the Chinese Communist Party, even had a video message for us peons. Did you know that this man isn't even a medical doctor? Lady Gaga even called this puppet a superstar. As one commenter said, why couldn't the proceeds go to struggling out-of-work Americans? Once again, these media stars showed us how out of touch they are with us common people. I hope they pay for this after the pandemic is over. 
I mean, paying for it by having decreased sales. All right, moving on. I finished watching Ozark, and I really like that show. It's on Netflix, if you didn't know. The end of the third season cliffhanger made me want to watch more. Mm, that's what a cliffhanger should do. Right now, I'm watching the Netflix series You, which my lovely wife used to watch. It moves slowly in places, but it's still a good watch, and I recommend it. Now, if you have Amazon Prime, a new season of Bosch has dropped. This, to me, is one of Amazon's best series, if you're into the cop drama genre. It's well-written and produced, and the show is in its sixth season, and I hope it has six more. The novels the show is based on aren't bad either. So if you don't want to watch it, you pick up the novels. They're pretty good, too. Now, like, like tech news, it's very quiet on the entertainment news feed. And again, that's to be expected. Now, here's what little podcast news I could muster. There seems to be some backlash coming Joe Rogan's way. He has reportedly bragged on his podcast that he's been tested twice for the coronavirus and that all of his guests are also tested. The Internet is alight with complaints about this because of the shortage of tests in this country and stories of people dying after being refused tests. What I understand about the situation is that Mr. Rogan has what's called a concierge doctor that has access to non-FDA-approved testing kits. The big joke going around is that if you need to be tested, just be a guest on this podcast. Just shows that money can't buy you love, but it can buy you just about anything else. I'll use, uh, for a reference, Rihanna buying and sending her father a respirator at the height of the crisis when the need for these things was at its peak. Just remember these things after this, this is all over. BuzzFeed and iHeart team for millennial-targeted daily news podcasts, reads the headline from InsiderRadio.com. The digital news site BuzzFeed is partnering partnering with the iHeart Podcast Network to launch a new daily podcast that serves a millennial-targeted blend of news and pop culture. The show is called News O'Clock, and what producers say will be digestible episodes of 20 minutes that includes headlines on politics, culture, and entertainment. It will publish each weekday evening. In a more top 40 than NPR approach with words you're not allowed to use on the radio, oh, very naughty, News O'Clock will also include lighter-hearted segments like The List, a BuzzFeed-style roundup of the day, and Say More, an energetic and usually humorous interview interlude. I guess this is targeted towards the college-age indoctrinated crowd. This so-called news outfit seems to be just an anti-Trump, pro-illegal immigrant, and in my opinion, misleading platform. But that's just my opinion. So if you need your fix of Orange Man bad news, you found your new podcast. A lot of articles in my newsfeed this week have to do with the effect of the pandemic on podcasting. My podcast listening is way down compared to before all this stuff hit us, and I've lost my taste for a lot of what I was listening to. 
For example, I'm so tired of coronavirus-themed podcasts that I just deleted them from my feed. Another podcast that fell by the wayside for me is the Savage Nation podcast. I would eagerly await his episodes, but have found him to be coming off like a cranky old guy lately. Perhaps because of the lockdown, or maybe it's just me who has gotten cranky and intolerant? The lack of news about other subjects might be a contributing factor. Well, we will see if I get back to my normal listening habits once the current situation ends. I'm just going to do a little story time. It's not really a story. You know, walking around with a face mask on reminded me of when we would have nuclear and biological warfare exercises while I served in the military. I hated those exercises because you were subject to wearing the full kit for hours at a time. The kit was made up of a charcoal-lined full-body suit, rubber booties that went over your regular boots, inner and outer gloves which were made of rubber, and the crown jewel, the gas mask complete with rubber hood. The old-style mask was nicknamed the Planet of the Apes mask because of the resemblance to the characters of that movie. The mask was heavy, uncomfortable to wear, and the filters were hard to change. You also had limited peripheral vision while using it. By the mid-80s, a replacement mask entered the service. It was much lighter and had an extended visor that gave you a full field of vision. The filter was easily changed, too. We loved it compared to the old model. When the first Gulf War kicked off, a problem was found with this model, though. That extended visor distorted your vision a bit, which threw off your aim while firing a weapon. We scrambled to find a stock of the old-style mask. Thinking old Saddam Insane would use chemical weapons on us, you could see why we were kind of panicked. My last experience wearing this kit came a few months before my retirement. My unit deployed to Savannah, Georgia for a six-day exercise. It was early spring, but the temperatures in Georgia that year were already in the upper 80s. Our commander decided to put us in the suit one afternoon for over four hours. I guess he thought it was a good idea, sitting in his air-conditioned trailer. Of course, for us in the field, it turned into a disaster. Heat strokes started hitting around hour three. At least, that's when it hit me. They had these guys that were exercise monitors that would ensure there was no cheating and that you kept your full gear on. Noticing the effects of heat stroke starting to hit me, I found one of these guys and told him my story, and he basically told me, tough shit. So I walked back to, to the nearest porta potty with him in tow, lifted my mask, and threw up in the toilet. The monitor then took me to the field infirmary, infirmary which was packed to the gills with GIs in a similar condition to me. That part of the exercise ended shortly after that. So the moral of this little story is wearing a N95 mask outside for a short period of time reminds me of that time of my life. It doesn't seem that bad to me. Well, finally, I have a big rant. It kind of gets political. I don't know. Mainstream media. Yeah, I'm going there. When did the news media in this country become opinion and agenda-driven instead of factual? 
Well, in my experience, I think this started in the mid to late 80s with CNN Headline News. The show at that time was separate from the main CNN channel and was just a news anchor reading news. It was a good way to catch up on the leading stories in a short time span. One afternoon while watching it, I noticed the anchor, a fading star from the main CNN channel, adding little inflections to her voice and making facial expressions. Every once in a while, she would make a make quick little comments. I remember thinking at the time that this was not her job and wish she would just stick to the headlines. I guess she was ahead of her time as this has become the norm these days. Now, I'm not singling out CNN, though I feel they are probably the worst. Fox, MSNBC, and the rest all do this too. That's why I don't pay attention to any of them. Now, I'll get the news alerts on my phone, but that's about it. I find that One American News comes the closest to just the facts news. Their opinion pieces are labeled as such and are on later in the evening, not blaring out the same agenda all day long. Now, back to CNN, they've been having a very bad week, which started off with an article that they published that was basically, no, it was word for word, a press release from the Chinese People Liberation Army saying how the Chinese Navy had handled the pandemic better than the U.S. Navy as evidenced by the deployment of one of their aircraft carriers and that the Chinese military had zero cases of coronavirus. Yeah, right, like we should believe any numbers coming out of Beijing. CNN was called out on it, and they went back and edited the article. This incident uh, has helped to expose something that many have suspected, that many news organizations are taking money from the Chinese government to run certain stories. Doesn't this go against the fundamentals of journalism? Wouldn't this limit what you could report for fear of this revenue stream drying up? Another incident was when CNN reported that though Elon Musk promised to donate over 1,000 respirators to hospitals, none were actually received. A Twitter exchange ensued with Mr. Musk showing the receipts from the hospitals that had indeed received the respirators and an oft-quoted tweet, and I quote, What I find most surprising is that CNN still exists. Close quote. Ouch. The week ended with one of CNN's anchors tweeting Saturday morning, and I quote, Last night I hit a wall, gutted by the death toll, disturbed by the government's shortcomings, dismayed by the political rhetoric that bears no resemblance to reality. That's ironic. Worried about friends who are losing their jobs, kids who are missing school, and senior citizens who are living in fear, end quote. A little overdramatic, isn't it, Nancy? He followed up with this tweet, quote, I crawled in bed and cried for our pre-pandemic lives. Tears that have been waiting a month to escape. I wanted to share because it feels freeing to do so, close quote. My point is, Emotions should not have anything to do with facts. Leave your feelings out of it. The backlash this Ribble received seems to agree with me. What do you guys think? Well, episode 25 is, as they say, in the can. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it and I hope you found it worthwhile. 
You can contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you are so inclined. Tell me how much I suck and suggest how I can improve this excuse of a show. I'd love to hear from you. Be safe. I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now put on your now-mandated masks and get off my lawn. See you guys. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.